Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I want to figure out. What's those rings, man? I want to figure out. You want a ring, you go to the Clippers. It's just the ring is like one of those blow pop rings that you just, it's like a. You want a ring, you go to the Clips. Yeah. So uh, just a ring of despair. So uh, we're going to talk to him about that. And I want to find out where he thinks Dame Lillard's going to end up. Is this just a league where guys are like, I want to go to Miami. And then you go to Miami. Like it's a player's league. Yeah. They decide where they're going to go. So James Harden's come to the Clippers. Wants to come to the Clippers. I like it. So uh, we'll talk all about that. Uh, Philly. Is Philly going to let him? Are Philly fans going to let him go? I don't know. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about it right now. Let's talk about it. Philly fans, you got to let him go? We're not going to let him go. I think Philly fans kind of were frustrated with him a little bit because he shows up and then he doesn't show up. Like, he'll drop 50 and then, like, airball every other shot. Right? He looks like he's the old guy at the rec center with three knee braces. I'm like, bro, you only got two knees. (sighs) You know what I mean? And then he drops the... Jay, I was at the, I was at the, I drove in from Cherry Hole and I saw I him. I still don't think it's as good as the old Spectrum. <laughs> He's not as good as Daryl Dawkins. Daryl Dawkins, chocolate thunder. thunder. He would go and throw, throw it down. Doctor J was a, he was you a gynecologist. You're never. Doctor J was a gynecologist on the side. You don't become a better rebounder than Moses Malone. Doctor J had a practice out in Mount Laurel. Mo, Moses, is there Mo a, cheeks? Is there a better Philly name, name for Philadelphia for Philly fans to say than Moses Malone? Moses Malone. You got to swallow the L, and it's Moses Malone. So this is my beef. Go get a towel. I've said this. Randy and I have said this so many times in our lives, and it and it bears repeating. Have we repeating. ever said this here? I don't know. I'm not sure. It bears repeating. Everyone loves the movie Rocky. Best sports movie ever. This is the movie that Won an defines Oscar. There's a statue. I mean, Bill Burr famously said it. There's a fake guy in front of, you know, On your I mean, in front of your art museum. He isn't an athlete. You make this movie. He's Everyone the, loves he's the it. symbol of Philadelphia, yet he has... He has a... A, Jersey accent. A Brooklyn accent. You couldn't have worked with an accent guy? Hey, yo. You do a movie about Philly. He's in row houses. He's running by all these Philly monuments. You don't have one guy speaking with a Philly accent. Mick can't have a Philly accent. No, no. Everybody can't have a Philly accent. Everybody sounds like they're from Flatbush. Hey, yo, hey, hey. To me, it's so much of a better movie if Rocky has a thick Philly accent. Thick Philly accent. Hey, yo, Adrian, get out of that coma. Go get her a towel, Paul. <laughs> Paulie, go get her a towel. I don't want to go ice skating. I gotta, I gotta throw in that turkey. Go throw in the towel, Mick. Apollo <laughs> Creed's going to make it through. Those shorts aren't my shorts. I'm going to go beat Clubber Lang, and then I'm going to go down to Geno's for a cheese steak. I'm going to go down to the Wawa. I'm going to run all the way up the river. I'm going to run down to the Wawa on Fifth and Locust and grab, grab me a water Go ice. grab eight. Hey, hey, Mick, go grab a Coke Zero out of the fridge. I think I just saw Daryl Hall and John Oates. I'm a huge Oates fan. Oates is just as good as Hall. Like, that would have been a way to, it, honestly, that movie would have been, like, right on. Tell me he wouldn't have been a huge, like. It would, he would be, so Philly kind of, yes, they claim Stallone. Sure. Stallone. Stallone. He's got, like, a But he's Philly. never come back to Philly. Moses Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> huge Stallone fan. Come on, man. So Harden it wants to so Philly eschew fans, all of that in Philly, head. You're going to leave that? You want to come to the Clippers for that? I mean, that? how great would it be if Harden comes to the Clippers and then it doesn't work out for Durant in Phoenix and he, he comes, comes to, to the, the Clippers. Clippers. And they basically— And Westbrook, Durant, and Harden. They rebuild the Oklahoma City Thunder. Just so they, they can get to the finals and lose. Right. Just so they can get one game mm. to the thing and then lose. And then Durant goes back to Golden State. <laughs> that would be an amazing— Right? Like, Durant is moves around more than, like, an army brat. He's, yeah. like, there's not one. If Durant, Durant will go in the Hall of Fame. Do we all agree that yeah, Durant will go no in the Hall of Fame? Not. There's no way As what? Like. A Texas Longhorn. As a Texas Longhorn. I mean, what does he go in as? Truthfully, if he goes in as a Golden State Warrior, that's not going to sit well with Draymond, for sure. Draymond gets so mad at that, he'll punch Jordan Poole in the other eye. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. So we'll talk. We'll talk about all that with Mike Bornikoff. He maybe he has insight. You know, and again, like we said, does Dame Lillard just say, "I want to go to Miami," and so that's what it is, and it shall be. I would love to see him on the Knicks. That's just me. That's just me. We're, we got some Britney Spears talk. Oh, yeah. The Britney Spears Wemby situation is one that thankfully won't die. Britney, Britney who? Spears. Uh, Britney Spears. I'm so, you're a big Britney Spears fan. I'm, I really, so that whole story, we're going to get into that. We got an Undertaker story. Undertaker take. Our take is under the Undertaker take. Undertaker facing down a shark. Yeah. Undertaker v. Shark. Why hasn't anyone made the connection? And we'll make it again later. We'll re we'll re rack this one. But why hasn't made anyone the connection that made the connection that Paul Bearer is Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy? Yeah. Paul Bearer, the guy who holds the urn as he walks in. Look him up. Look him up, Look Tom. Him up. Paul Bearer is the My Pillow guy. He might be. Am I right? right? I haven't seen the two guys Thank in the you. same place. Thank you. Have you seen him in the same room? No, you haven't. He's. You know what he has in that little urn? He's got a tiny pillow. little pillow. I got a tiny pillow. Spinning image. Twins separated at birth. And we know something about that. So uh, we'll get into that. Michael Jordan, Marcus Jordan, Larsa Pippen. Thank you. I just have to say. Thank you for that drama. Thank you, India. I just. Thank you. That, we're going to get into all of that. Uh, Georgia has a speeding problem, we know, thanks to Kirby Smart. We'll talk it's about not that. in their 40 times. They are fast. Fast defense and all that stuff. We'll get into that later on the show. Um, Brandy Chastain. Brandy Chastain, who was... Hour two. She, she was supposed to be on yesterday. We moved her to today, and we're going to talk about it. I mean, I watched a little of the United States... Choke job against uh, what a Panama. Ch- the men's team choke job against Panama. Like, th- we should have to give the canal back after this choke job. I think it belongs to them anyway now. Maybe. All proceeds should go to that. Like, it, it is so disappointing to watch. That's why I can't wait to talk to Brandy about a real team that has a chance to win. This U.S. men's team is a joke. Sick of it. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm sick of it. I I was like the way they play. It's like someone told them you got to have possession for seven. Time of possession equals victory. Right. It doesn't. Just because you pass the ball back eighty times doesn't mean anything. It was it was so disappointing and pathetic. Poor San Diego. You know they lose the Chargers. They have they lost years ago. They lost the Clippers, and now you got to watch the U.S. men's team lose this game. I mean the Padres. You lost Tatis last. Is Tatis still in the league? Is he still serving a suspension? I don't even know what what's happening. Then they got to watch this nonsense. Then they got to watch this garbage. To lose in PKs to Panama is a joke. You tied Jamaica in your thing, and then you lose to Panama in PKs. You knew who didn't lose to Jamaica? Mexico. Mexico beat the crap out of Jamaica. They take this seriously. Their best players come and play. Like, how can you not field a great a great soccer team, men's soccer Look team. Look at the size of our population. You, just by sheer numbers, we should have a good national soccer team. Just come Go on. buy one. Get a good coach. Become the Yankees. Buy a team. For Christ's sake, make someone a citizen who's actually decent. Give Messi citizenship here. He's going to play in the MLS, isn't he? Yeah. Eventually. He just arrived in Miami. He's here. Make him a player. I don't care. Just, just make, do something. What? Care about winning. You're not doing it. Whatever you're doing is not working, and it hasn't been working for decades. Frustrating. Terrible. And anyone around, and we're not the only ones saying this. Like, go listen to Alexi Lawless talk about the team. He's like, this is a joke. It is a, it's an embarrassment. So that's why I'm excited to talk to Brand Chastain, because we can shift focus on to the women's team, which has a legitimate shot. Mm-hmm. And always has. And she won a World Cup. Mm-hmm. So you're going to talk to a World Cup winner. Yeah. All that stuff is coming up later on the show. I need help figuring out the whole the Dan Snyder situation, the leaked emails, how it connect. Like to me, this is like an episode of True Detective that like I can't understand. Where they give you all the information that will make sense three episodes. This is away like the show that. Westworld. I'm like, where where are we? Like, what are we in the future? Are we in the past? So John Gruden, when he was 
not even in the league anymore. He was just working for ESPN. He was the quarterback's guru. Yeah, he, he had was that room. Ch- he was Chucky, and everyone loved him, and everyone at ESPN is like, this guy knows everything about everything. He was the mastermind there. He had the tapes behind him in the in the conference room. He watched all the tapes. He knew everything. He was this larger-than-life personality that you saw on the sidelines when he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, but you, you saw it much more. It was much more pronounced. They leaned into it at mm-hmm. ESPN at a time when they weren't really even leaning into personalities. They got rid of all the personalities in the 2000s. Yeah. And then they're like, so when there's like one or two people who have personality, he's the guy. So his head is enormous, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. Yep. And he's like, I'm going to fire off an email to Washington, then Washington Redskins, Washington football team, Washington Commander, Commander's owner about Demora Smith and just talking smack about all these people and Roger Goodell and saying all this bad stuff. I'm going to send this email not thinking that it would ever come back to bite him. Because I bet in that moment, he's like, nothing can come back to bite me. He wasn't thinking that he was going to be back in the league at any time. He wasn't thinking. It's like, fine, send that email. Go mm-hmm. ahead and send that email. Mm-hmm. But then don't now be in the position where, like, I'm going to scorch earth on everybody. No, you can't. So Dan Snyder, I'm trying to understand this. Help me, Jay. Dan Snyder has a toxic workplace, which is maybe the most surprising thing out of it, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at Dan Snyder and his track record, and you're like, this guy's probably a great boss. He probably can't, he probably puts little blueberry muffins on everyone's, everyone's desk. desk. You know, he he strikes me, Dan Snyder. Like when Dan Snyder is in a suit and wearing a Washington football hat, or he's wearing a baseball hat at a football game. I'm like, you look stupid. You look like a kid who doesn't know how to dress himself. Yeah. Nobody wears a suit and, and a then baseball a baseball hat. hat. You do that when you're on stage shaking the NBA commissioner's hand and you've just been drafted. Even That's though, it. Even though I even think that looks stupid. I'm just saying, Dan Sutter, you chose to do that. Get a Washington commander's scarf. You don't need Get a, a tie. Put on a Washington commander's tie. Anybody who doesn't know how to dress themselves should not own a football team. So this guy has a toxic workplace, which is, of course he does. He's terrible. He's like, he's maybe the worst owner in the world. I mean. He's the worst person and he's an even worse owner. And then he owns something. (laughs) He owns something. So Dan's everyone. There is not one person in this world who would defend Dan Snyder. I, I defy you to find me a person that's like, you know what? Let me tell you Let, his you side. Guys, you guys aren't really look, looking at from it from Dan's perspective. Nobody would Go say that. Go to any sports bar right now and see if you can find a Dan Snyder defender. Right? You, Go to any Buffalo Wild Wings across America. You will not find a Dan Snyder. Apologist. A Stan. A Dan Snyder. A Stan, Stan Snyder fan. You won't, you won't do it. He's terrible. So he has a toxic workplace, and he's like, he's going to get reprimanded yes. for this, potentially yes. ousted. ousted. So what does he do? He comes up with a blackmail PowerPoint, which to me is the funniest thing ever. His lawyers do, a blackmail PowerPoint, where he's got dirt on all these other owners. He's got dirt on Gruden, and he's got, like, I got the blackmail part. Like, to me, the funniest thing is like him and his team arguing what font they want to use for the black. Well, he power. probably wasn't even in on it. The people who aren't really connected to it, like there's an editor of a PowerPoint somewhere. Are going, we using Helvetica here? What are we going to? Should we do a picture of Robert Kraft coming out of the the massage, massage parlor? What are we? Or gonna what do are we going to? Or is it just a picture of the massage so, parlor? Yeah. What reads better? Are, do we blur do, out do we his blur junk out? or what do we do? Do we lay him down on a table? I, we got to tell the go story four, in one slide. We got one slide. We want to go 14 point or 18 point on the email that. I got it. Let's put the words over his junk. He can be naked. It'll cover him up. We're fine. We're looking for clip art for blackmail. Do I have to build a graphic? Like these are conversations that are happening. It was called the blackmail PowerPoint, PowerPoint. which to me, maybe that's racist. Just even calling it a black man. Come on, Dan Snyder. You're not allowed to do that. Why has it got to be a black male? Like Dan Snyder, the picture of Dan Snyder in the coat. He lo- Like, to me, I can't wait for Steve Carell to play Dan Snyder in the Dan Snyder story. He, ar- he already did it. He already did Fox it with Foxcatcher. And he was great.
Like, Let me play this crazy billionaire. In Fox, I, Cats, I already can play a crazy white billionaire. Let me play this guy. All these guys, all these owners think they're they have never been told no. We said it the other day. Jerry Jones spent sixteen million dollars on a, his own Hall, Hall of, of Fame, Fame induction party. party, and he and he can't pay the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders a living wage. You dummy! It's unbelievable. You you can't spend that much money on one party. I don't care. Or, by the way, do it. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. I'm not telling you what not, but then go pay your employees. Pay your people. Pay, pay your people. You can't spend $60 million on one night, which if you would, if Jerry Jones would have spent $8 million on that one night. Would anyone at that party be like, he kind of you know skipped what? on this party. Has, I don't get it. This is only an $8 million What's party. What's the deal? What, what's the deal with the cocktail napkins I'm around the bar? I'm guessing they threw away like several hundred pounds of shrimp yeah. that night that just people didn't eat. Yep. People are like, I'm not going to eat. The, even if it's the best shrimp in the world, it sucks when it's sitting in a huge pile. So, fine. They threw away lobster. And then he won't pay for a receiver. He's going to let receivers go. Anyway. They threw away hundreds of pounds of lamb, and he won't pay CD lamb. Thank you. What he deserves. What he deserves. Lamb chops. Mint sauce. So th so Dan Sanders is going to deflect from his own workplace environment by releasing the emails. Here I go. Here I go. You want to take me down? I'm going to I'm going to take the whole world down. But then Roger Goodell, another guy who like makes 44 million dollars in a bonus or in one year. Hey, want, Roger, why don't you take 30 million dollars? Take 30 million and put 14 in a fund for ex-players who can't afford med medical Care. All your players who had played in the 80s who took big hits are dr eating their food through a straw. They're speaking by looking at letters on a computer up in front of them. And you're like, you can't take $30 million and give $14 million to a fund for the people that built the league for you. Are you kidding me? That should be happening every year. You want to put a luxury tax on teams? Put a luxury tax on teams and make half of that money go to old players. Our friend is a lawyer, Jimmy Acho, fantastic dude, who's a lawyer who represents these players. He he showed me a pic, showed us a picture of Conrad Dobler's knees. That's the scariest Terrifying. thing I've ever seen in my I entire I thought I was life. looking at Danishes that were thrown away from an office party. It, those are Conrad Dobler's knees. Like, help these people out. And so, anyway, Roger Goodell's like, I'm going to get rid of like everybody. And then the woman who ran Jay-Z's company is like, here's an opportunity to show that the league is getting hard, like coming down hard on race. And everybody was looking out for their own Interest, thing here. But nobody was actually acting in concert with each other. Like it all felt like people looking out for their things and then nothing good is coming of this whole situation and scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dan Snyder, he's like in the process of selling the team for like $6 billion. Yeah, he's going to come out great. Great. So Dan Snyder gets $6 billion to start another workplace that he can make a toxic environment. You know, maybe he'll wear a suit with a baseball hat there. Maybe that'll be casual Friday. I mean, you look so stupid. A suit with a baseball hat? Give me a break, man. Stop. Just stop. I don't care how much money you sport have. Coat, sport coat, t-shirt, jeans, baseball hat, I could buy maybe. that. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm listening. I, if you showed up and you were my friend, if, if Alvy, who I love so much, showed up, we're like, hey, man. Come, if he came come, to our come, one man, come, come, to our, to, come to our show at the Dynasty Typewriter on, on July 24th. Alvy shows up and he's wearing a t shirt and a jacket and a hat. And a hat. I'll be like, hey, man, it's so, so good. good to see you. Take so that hat. And I'll, and I'll lean into him and be like, get that hat off. Take the hat off. Come on, man. You don't need that. You don't need that. Man. You got good hair. Don't need that. You don't need that. Come on, man. I would say that to him. Who, who made you put on the hat? Was it so, your So, which kids? tells me that nobody tells him you look stupid. Or the toxic work environment is so toxic that everyone's like, good. He looks stupid. Yeah. I want him to look stupid. I don't even understand it. I don't. I want to talk tennis. Let's take a break. This is a great. Uh, we're off and running, Jay. I, I love guest hosting this show so much. Thank you, Jim Rome, for giving us this opportunity. Guys, we're off and running. Sky Brothers filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio. Stay with us all three hours. U.S. Today. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. 
Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. All right, you guys, we are back. Segment two, hour one. Jay, you got something. Can we please get a Sklar versus Sklar fight on Elon Zuck undercard? Have it in the Vegas sphere with Carl Lewis singing the anthem. Also, can you review the new nicknames for the Vegas Golden Knights, a.k.a. Dry Heat slash Dry Heaves, Bobby in Sklone Tree, Colorado? Thank you, Bobby. I got another one from Mark, Mark the Nomad. Uh, at Sklar Brothers, can you please say Shohei Otani hit a solo home run over the left field pole in the Philly Dilio action? Shohei Smack off champion Mark the Nomad, by the way. Shohei Otani hit a home home run run off the foul pole. Left field foul pole. Left field foul pole. He's unbelievable. Mark the Nomad. He's maybe one of the most versatile players in history. I don't know why he's got to be a nomad. Why can't he call a relative? Mark, you got to just settle down. All right. Go home. Guys, I'm watching Anz Jabor. I'm so excited. Anz Jabor has re-energized me in the game of tennis. Thank God we have a tennis expert She's on talking us off the, off the Chris Eubanks ledge. ledge that we were on yesterday on the Medvedev ledge that we were about to jump off of. Anz Jabor wins the second set. Did she break? Did she break? Is she up 4-2? I don't know. But look, we got... We got Okay, she's five, up five two. two. Lucas Weiss is with us from the Athletic. Lucas, how you doing, buddy? Thank you for joining us. What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me on. Uh, so happy to have you on. I was almost. It's it is four two. I was so excited yesterday as we're watching this Eubanks match. I mean, he, I, got, he gets to the tiebreak in the fourth set, and it's it, actually when it was the second set. And I want to know what you were thinking as you were watching this, Lucas. In the second set, when he he sort of came back, or the third set when he beat Medvedev, I was like, I have a bad feeling about this. And he was up two sets to one because Medvedev is so crafty. You're like, this guy's got experience and he's going to win this match, even though I want Eubanks to win. Describe this whole Eubanks phenomenon from Mallorca to here, if you can. Yeah, what a story this has been with, with Chris Eubanks, 27 years old from Atlanta, Georgia. And he played college tennis at Georgia Tech, a yep. two-time All-American, two-time ACC Player of the Year. So he had quite the college career, but hadn't been able to really replicate it on the pro tour. I mean, prior to Wimbledon, the best result that he had at a slam was just the second round at both the Australian Open this year and then the U.S. Open last year. And Chris even said that the grass wasn't even his favorite surface, but he won the Mallorca Open coming into Wimbledon, mm-hmm. and then he just went on this tear where he beats Cam Norrie, he upsets mm-hmm. Stefano Zitzipath, a top-five player. Right. And look, he fought valiantly against the human wall that mm-hmm. I call Daniil Medvedev. Right. Couldn't get it done, but an amazing story nonetheless, and hopefully he can continue that success in New York at the U.S. Open. I hope so, too, because as guys who grew up watching Connors and McEnroe and the giant calves of Michael Chang and Courier and these great American tennis players. Sampras Agassi. Great American tennis players. Roddick even. we, We want someone who is going to go deep that we can root for. I think all Americans do. And it's been so long since we've had a men's player. And I do think with maybe Francis Tiafoe and potentially Eubanks, if he can make that, you you got guys you can root for now. Well, no question. Look, it's been 20 years this September since Andy Roddick won won the U.S. Open. Open, And he was the last American man to win a slam. But Mm -hmm. I do think that it is, you could even say, a golden age right now of of American tennis. You have Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafoe, two Americans now in the top 10. Tommy Paul, who made the Australian Open semifinals earlier this year, is ranked 15th in the world. You have Seb Korda on the rise. Now throw Chris Eubanks' name in there. So it's an exciting time for men's tennis, and I just think it's only a matter of time before an American man lifts one of these big trophies at a slam. Well, it's been a weird time in tennis overall in that you've had champions that have been champions for so long doing it. And three of the best of all time. Of all time. Djokovic, 
Nadal and Federer, the the run that they were on for 20 plus those guys for 20 years, it's unheard of in the game. You have 10 great years in tennis and then that then you're too old. I mean, when you were 20, you were 27 in 1980 or 83, you were done. You were finished right. and Eubanks is starting right now. Connor's big run, he was like 36 years old and you're like, he's the old man playing Aaron Crickstein and you're like, it really? Is he old? 36 it, is not old. So it is amazing that like now I feel like the torch has to be passed. And you're saying potentially it, we're set up with young guys moving forward that the Americans could make a run in these next few years as Nadal falls off. I don't know how much longer Djokovic is going to play, but you, you know what I mean? As he starts to get into the twilight of his career. Well, yeah, I mean, Djokovic is the constant of that golden era. Like yeah. he's still playing at 36. He's still mm-hmm. winning slams. I mean, and even Djokovic said this week, like he's, he feels better than all these guys. And it's probably true because mm-hmm. of how dominant he's been. But eventually you're right. Father time catches up with everybody. He's going to hang up the rocket at some point. And then it's going to be, well, who's going to take, the mantle here. I mean, look, Carlos Alcaraz, he's awesome. the reigning U.S. Open champion. He's a dynamite player, someone that I think has the the defense and the ground strokes of a Djokovic, the mm-hmm. grace of a Federer, and then the fighting spirit like Rafa. So That's right. Ascended right now and already has a slam. But, I mean, look, Taylor Fritz won at Indian Wells last year. Chiafo made the U.S. Open semifinals, took Alcaraz to five sets. That's Why right. not those guys? Right. So, I think you're going to see the transition be a lot more apparent in the men's game. Certainly, like you said, with Rafa falling off, Federer retired already. Djokovic is going to be retiring, you know, in the next few years. But tennis players are playing longer, which is which is great for us because we can see more of these guys play. And you want to see those. I mean, the Medvedev is you call him the wall, but like I would never sit and talk to a wall for a long period of time. Like <laughs> Alcaraz, at least is there's this, energy. There's around energy. Him. There's there, he, he's got fight. He is like screaming out to the like you see his emotion in that way. He's very Rafa to me, obviously Spaniard, but like the, his emotion is on his sleeve. It's easy to get behind a guy like that. I, you love a guy initially, immediately. He's 20 years old. I, I literally feel like he's got a good 15 years. We're going to have, if he stays healthy, 15 years of this guy on the scene. That's exciting to me. Now, who's going to join him? Who's going to be the guy that who's is going to be his rival? Who's he right. going to be coming up against every single time? Well, I think already you have Yannick Sinner as someone. I mean, Alcaraz and, and Sinner had an epic match at the U.S. Open last year. It went five sets well into the early hours of the morning. Casper Ruud's another guy who, who just yep. made the French Open final. Holger Runa, who Alcaraz beat. They've been playing since junior. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like maybe Tiafo's a guy that Alcaraz plays. Would love plays, it. Would love know, it. Which would be amazing. Would, so, it's, I, it's I, I think there's a lot of questions still left to be answered. But I think it, it makes it exciting, I think, for men's tennis because I think we've been always waiting for well who's going to succeed this golden era it's tough because while it's amazing to see those three guys dominate I I think you want to hope for newer guys on the scene and certainly in North America you know and in the United States with such a rich tennis history I mean if to compare it to a sport like basketball or it's like the the sport is better when the Knicks and the Lakers are are competitive and great and in it it's just better for the sport it's better when you know the Yankees and the Dodgers it's just better for I'm not just using those two teams but like when 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 countries that put forth people that are you know at a high level like you have huge fan bases that that can get in you have an opportunity to uh to get more fans involved again though those early days I, I those that the golden era for us without a doubt was those were the 80s with Connors and McEnroe and Borg. I mean, those those matches, they, it just seemed so beautiful, tennis, the game at that time. Oh, it certainly was. And it goes back to your point about personality, right? Personality draws viewers to the screen. And, and you know, look, John McEnroe could, you know, could be polarizing, but, like, look, it, it, it was compelling, right, to see him sure. blow up on the court. The Same best. with Jimmy Connors. It's why I think, for all, you know, for all the polarizing nature that Nick Kyrgios is, the Australian, like, 
he brings eyeballs to, yeah, to the he screen does. just because it's, it's just entertaining. So I think you hope to see more of that coming up, but also the success, right? The win, winning a slam, whether it's the men or the women, because on sure. the women's side, they're trying to, you know, get past Serena Williams retiring, you know, right. a year ago. Exactly. So who's going right. to be that next person to really lead women's tennis here in North America? So it's an interesting time. And it'll be fascinating to see who takes that mantle. I mean, Anz Jabor is up right now, has an opportunity to close this match out and match point right now. And she was down. She was down. I love her because she's not a power player. She plays the angles. I, I don't know. She, she again, you, it's sort of in that way. Tennis is a lot like boxing or UFC in that the matchup style, makes styles make, make fights. She's a, she's a matchup problem for people just because she's not going to go. She she knows how to play these like crafty little. She'll angles. wait you out too. Like she'll wait for you to make a mistake. She's fun. I want to see her in the finals. Yeah, no no doubt. And, and for Jabur, she's someone that made the final a year ago. She made the U.S. Open final. So this would be now her third slam final if she were to close this out. And she, she closed did. it. She just aced. She closed it out. And again, you're looking at the height disparity. She's like... She's unassuming. She, to me, feels like... You know, a Nikola Jokic. You look at her yeah. and you're like, she's not going to be. Is she even training for these is matches? She's going to be a dominating force. And then here she is in the Wimbledon finals. It's exciting. And I would say to anyone who's watching, and you're, she's someone to get behind and root for. She absolutely is like a fan favorite. Oh, for sure. She's called the Minister of Happiness for a reason. And, I you love know, everyone, it. you know, seems to really you know, enjoy not only the tennis, but just her personality, her presence. She's very popular in the locker room amongst the other women's tennis players. She's trying to become the first African and Arab woman to win a single slam. So a lot on her shoulders coming yeah. from Tunisia. And, yep. and look, for Jabir this year, it's, it's been a tough year. She, she's had some injuries. She had to withdraw from the Madrid Open due to a calf injury. So for her to come back here and have success, she had a a tough match against the Canadian Bianca Andreescu in the third round. She won that in three sets. She mm -hmm. defeated last year's Wimbledon champ Elena Rabakina in three sets, and now Sabalenka in three sets. It's just—it's a really compelling story, and really hoping for the best for her. Also, to win a three-set match when you've lost the first set, there's a momentum yeah. is so much. It's one thing if you're up a set, then you lose a set, and you're like, okay, we're back to even, and I can. I can call upon it myself, but, but if you as start we down, saw with Eubanks yesterday, he loses the tiebreaker, and then that that final set is just a it's a steamroll, you know, the, all the momentum. Wheels came off. Oh yeah, and, and that's and, and that's tough, right? Like like those tiebreakers, it's it's a game of inches tennis, and yeah. in the tiebreakers, every point is so valuable, and you felt like with Eubanks, you need to win that. You would have won the match, but if you lost that, Medvedev just had so much experience. That's right. And he was able to close that out in five. Well, listen, I'm glad we are sitting here. This is the most excited I've been about tennis in a long time. You know, you can, like you said, get behind the the stand, the three great, the maybe the greatest, three great men is, greatest men's tennis players of all time who played in the same era. Maybe that's the craziest thing of all. You know, you usually get one or two playing against each other, but three in the exact same era. For all those guys to have won over 20 slams, like that to me is like the most insane stat of all that you have the three greatest of all time playing in the same era. 20 majors for Federer, 22 for Rafa, 23 for Djokovic, 65 Slams those three guys Amazing. in the same era, and you got to feel for those guys that were in that era that just couldn't like that couldn't Roddick. win like Andy Roddick, Akini yeah. Shikori, sure. And then you know, give credit to guys like Andy Murray, Stan Wawrinka, who were able to at least win one, two, three slams, right? Like, yep. Because it was just so hard with with how great those three guys were. 
And those guys go down in the same breath as a courier or, you know, someone who won a handful, an Edberg, you know, if you will. But like that's it is amazing. And it's almost even more of an accomplishment that they did that they did it in that era. All right. So I'm so psyched. Jabor's in the finals. This is gonna you got a great and and what a what a wonderful story and crazy story. The you the un the unranked Ukrainian women's tennis player to make it through as far as Svitolina. she did. Svitolina was a joy to watch. Yeah, you know, Alina Zidalina, just an incredible story. I unfortunately ran into a red hot opponent today in Marketa Vondrasova, who, you know, she was one point away from being down five one to American Jessica Pagula in the I know. third set, and then she rallied to win that match in three sets. So, you know, Von Rousseau was a very crafty player, but, but back to Svitolina, she gave birth last October to her daughter, and now, you know, a few months later, made her first slam semifinal as Amazing. a mom. So just an incredible story, and, and the crowd was able to really get behind her, which was nice to see. I love it. Lucas Weiss, thank you so much for uh, your insight. Good luck wa- enjoying the, the rest of this, the finals, and uh, and we'll talk to you again. We'll have you on our podcast. We'd love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Lucas Weiss of The Athletic. Follow him, Weiss Sports, on uh, Twitter. Let's uh, Shall we uh, do a little sports update? I want to do a little sports update. Our buddy Andrew Bogish, the Andrew Bogut of Sports Update, is here with us. It's Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Well, they figured out that, like, there's nothing going on at this Nothing time going either. on. Put it in Vegas. It's not hard to get people out there. The the excitement around, obviously, a guy like Weminyama, like, that, that, beginning that's sort of in my opinion why those this... two games that we got a chance to see him are were you surprised they shut him down or he shut himself down no i was i was more surprised that he ended up playing uh than that he shut him down once once they got their two games it was like okay how much more do you need he'd already played a full season in france that went to like mid-june it was clear he was tired yeah uh, i think i think he got enough and the spurs saw enough that you could put him you know, put him on a shelf for the summer. You what knew he said that was a good idea? Chet Holmgren's foot. That's right. <laughs> Chet, <laughs> right? So what What did you see? What, like, what did you get from him? And what can we glean? It's a larger question. Smaller question, what did you see from, from Wemby? Larger question, what can we glean from the summer league? And how are, they, how are NBA teams using that? Uh, I guess the first thing is he's really, really tall. And yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but... Um, yeah. I don't know. Every time you see him next to some of these guys from the NBA, it's just clear how much taller than he is. Yeah. It really is astounding when you see it in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that you, you saw some of the skills. You know, you saw the, like, the dribbling ability. You saw his change of direction. You saw all the weird uh, outlier athletic stuff for a guy who is 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, whatever it is. Right. You also, you also saw, like, okay, he's going to maybe struggle a little bit with the physicality in the NBA. Mm-hmm. In that first game against the Hornets, he got – you know, pushed around a little bit in the paint by mm-hmm. Kai Jones and guys like that. So I think maybe all it did was tell us he's not going to come into the NBA right away at 19 years old and average 25 and 15 no. or something crazy like that, which is where the hype had gotten to. Right, uh, right. I, I think it's it's kind of tells like, hey, expect some maybe some normal rookie bumps, even if he is going to be a pretty good player, even as a rookie. And Popovich is like, look, this could take a year or two and that's okay. I mean, look, he's going to have high usage, I feel like, on that team, just I, or he'll have some usage. So it's not like he's going to score seven points a game. But I think you're right. 25-15 is not happening. Maybe 15-10 yeah. and get a few blocks. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the 20 points per game. I guess the efficiency will be the question. He's still not a great shooter. I think he shot like 27.5% from three. Mm-hmm. in France, and he struggled in his first game from three, from everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, the Spurs didn't help him out by getting him a, a great creator as a point guard. So 
I'm curious to see what the efficiency will be and how and where he'll get his shots. But these things take time, and I guess for him, good. Slow the train down a little bit. We watched LeBron James at the ESPYs last night, and he very dramatically said he's not retiring. I mean, the hype that that guy had coming into the league, it's like the Wemby hype kind of rivaled that in certain ways. It does put into perspective how great LeBron James was from the jump, from the get-go. Yeah, I was looking back at his summer league debut. He had like 25 points. There was no speed bumps for him to hit, and then obviously he played really well in his NBA debut. Yeah, LeBron is just this all-time outlier from everything we've seen in the NBA, and I don't really think it's fair to anyone to use him as a comparison. No matter how how good Victor Wembanyama ends up being, I, I just think like he can't be like, hey, LeBron did this, LeBron did that. Like, right. oh, nobody except for like Michael Jordan compares to LeBron. It doesn't, and again, with all this weird stuff coming out now, and we'll talk about it later on the show, with like Jordan's son dating Pippen's ex-wife and just Jordan, his comments about it and whatnot. This is a moment where you're like, oh, Jordan didn't have to deal with social media when he was playing. He didn't have to deal with TMZ cameras in his face or this, that. Like, that weighs on something. LeBron has done that in this era, which is maybe even more amazing. Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the things that's kind of become apparent to me is just how mature Victor Wembanyama is. He is. You know, he's already dealt with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Britney Spears whatever. Weirdness. Uh, his yeah. Unite. yeah, I don't even know the right adjectives to describe it. Um, but it's clear, like, you know, he had that arena was buzzing for both games for him. You know, he had to go to a different room for his post-game press conference than everyone else in Summer League. There's already this pressure around him. There's already this push and pull of attention and criticism and all that that's around Wembanyama and how he does with that as a rookie and going through his career is going to be really interesting to follow. But LeBron's dealt with that better than uh, probably anyone else in sports over the last 15 years. Yeah. He grew into an elder statesman and he had to do it from the beginning, like almost. And I will say I watched Wemby's interview after his first game, which was Definitely underwhelming. I think a lot of people out of the gates after that first game said, whoa, what are we doing? Like, Let's and he, pump the brakes. He took the interview after – he did the interview right after the game, right on the sidelines, and he just said this is an experiment, I think he mm-hmm. said, in not so many terms, in not exactly those terms. He said this is – we're figuring it out. I'm learning. Which is what Summer League is for. Uh, this is an adjustment process. I'm figuring out what I can do and how I can do it. And that's – to me was a mature, honest, great face the music answer, and I loved it. Yeah, and, you know, he mentioned, like, he had been gassed because he basically went on, like, a three-week media tour after his season ended, and they threw him back to practice and games. And, um, the you know, the funny thing about Summer League, and I don't know if people know this or not, but it doesn't actually count. Yeah, Uh, yeah, thanks, Mike. It doesn't (laughs) actually – those stats don't get thrown into your – they don't count on your average. I mean, it's the type of maturity that we expect out of someone uh, like Zion Williamson. I'm kidding. Uh, How is he going to – do we ever – do we see a a bounce back for Zion in any way, shape, or form, or is this going to be the cycle of – he's going to play 29 games a year because of injuries, because he can't control his weight. Like I'm, I'm nervous and worried for this guy, generational talent and a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Exciting as all get out. But what are we going to say? We ever going to see a full season from this guy? Yeah, I really don't know. It's so hard to tell and to project, right? Cause it's the injuries. It's, uh, the physical issues, like all together, the weight, all these things, how, how one impacts the other is right. so hard to tell. Right. He just completed his rookie deal. So he's only four years in maybe as he gets older and, you know, his uh, basically he stops growing where all these things kind of stabilize after a while. Maybe it gets easier. We've seen that with other players where early in their career, they had some physical issues and then they just started playing and being healthy. I, it's really I really don't know, but I mean, I hope he gets healthy because when he's healthy, he's amazing. Like he is so captivating. The, the Pelicans were in first place at the end of they were uh, 2022, going into 2023 before it all came apart. They were, and they are an exciting team, and he is exciting for that city. It's a great city. It deserves a great team. It's had great players in the past, and so, you know, I, to me, I, if I were him, I'd sit him down and be like, "Go be Barkley. Go be Barkley if you can. I mean, if you can." But win. <laughs> but win one. But win the big one. But I mean, I, I. But Gobi Barkley. That to me is 
the the best version sort of, of version Zion. of what Zion can be. Yeah, and I mean, remember Barkley was pretty good. He was second oh, yeah. in MVP voting that '93 season, right? Yeah. Like he was a really good player. Yeah, and and it violent. Took- like that's the thing. Barkley attacked the rim with a certain level of violence that he made people get out the way. Right. And, and I think you have the same energy. Explosiveness, yeah. the same. He's about the same height. You have the same explosiveness as what Barkley could do. I don't know. I just would, if I would sit him down and say, like, here's your player comp and and go be that. Let's talk about Dame Lillard. Is is this a league now, Mike, that, like. Players are just like, say, I want to go, go there. And then that's it. It's such a player. Trade me. I want to go there. Yeah. So he's going to Miami, right? We're all sitting here going, that's where he's going to go. We've had that for a while, though, right? Like, we sure. had that with Durant. We had that uh, with James LeBron. Harden a few times. Like, LeBron choosing sure. his destination. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is going to be interesting because Portland really doesn't need to rush into a bad deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of Dame's apparent desire to go to Miami is keeping other teams out of it. But this is also the first time we've seen one of these true superstar trades under the new CBA and it becomes more expensive both financially and in terms of what you're giving up in roster building to trade for a player who's going to make, you know, 60 plus million dollars by the end of it. And I think somewhere around like 45 to 50 million over the first two years of uh, when you acquire them. So let's play out the Miami thing. Who are players on Miami? What's a trade where both sides come out and say, we came out good on this trade? <sighs> I mean, you, you basically trade them, you know, Nikola Jovic, you trade Hakez, who's their first-round pick just now. You trade, uh, I think they can trade up to three first-round picks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you trade Tyler Hero, you, you know, send him to another team, you get another first-round pick or a first-round pick and a young player mm-hmm. out of it. And you really maximize those things for Portland where you give them a lot of draft assets, you give them uh, – interesting young players and for Miami you don't hurt the current rotation so you don't trade Caleb Martin right you don't trade um you Butler. know high smith something like that where where you can still win now to the best that you can i mean how much would you want to see lillard and and jimmy buckets play side by side to me uh, it makes them both Already that team's great. Already that team is the best coach team. You saw Spolstra and you say to yourself, man, coaching does matter in the NBA, doesn't it? Yeah, and the fit is perfect because Jimmy Butler doesn't need to be on the ball at all times. Right. right. That's right. right. That's right. And, and Yeah, and Bam's such a great passer and he works out of that short role. Like the the fit would just be great. You get Dame comes in, he gets to be the primary ball handler, Jimmy gets to cut and move and be a spot-up jumper and defend and all those things, and I think he'd enjoy that role too. So that's what makes it so interesting. I think like of all the player, superstar player trades in the last few years, this is probably the cleanest fit to where they go. And if he does go there and they do sort of keep that core intact of the players we're talking about, Bam, they don't lose Bam, they don't lose Butler, Butler they don't lose Duncan Robinson Martin, as a sharpshooter. So you say to yourself, all right, now Miami suddenly is not going to be the surprising AC that's going to run through the playoffs like – with Boston kind of losing some of their core and some of the thing aging, you say to yourself, all right, this Miami is one of the best teams in the East. Yeah. I mean, they might not be the team with the best record next year. Maybe Milwaukee does it. Maybe Boston does it. Cause they might have a little more depth. Yeah. Um, but I think going into the playoffs, unless something goes catastrophic, they would be the favorite going in there. They already just got to the finals this year. And remember they're like a shot away from the finals two years ago yeah, uh, and added Damian Lillard, right? So I think they would be the playoff favorites once, you know, it all comes to next April as long as everyone's healthy. Effort, defense, coaching. Those three things in the playoffs make identity. Identity. Ide- creating an identity for your team. As longtime Clippers fans, we're like, this, this team has no identity. We, it doesn't matter that you have two superstars on your team. You, there's no coaching. There's no identity. So here's what we posited Mike Vornikoff at the beginning of this show. We said James Harden wants to go to the Clippers, okay? Sort of, it's been floated it's out been into this floated, world. I'm sure maybe. you've heard that. Harden goes to the Clippers. What if Durant doesn't work out in Phoenix and he goes to the Clippers and we they rebuild that OKC team? Westbrook, Harden, Harden and Durant. Durant on the Clippers. Could that happen? <laughs> Um, I think that's maybe a little bit down the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Durant just got to Phoenix. I so know. You have I know. out. 
No, but people are already like, come on. This Look, was, you can have Paul George out. and Kawhi. I, I don't even know how Chris Paul is going to work in Golden State. Please tell me. He's how. ignoring the fact that he's going to be a bench player or at least come off the bench. Is that right? Are we wrong to say that? I think he's trying to massage his way into the starting lineup, maybe is the best way to put it. That's a fair. That's, that's diplomatic. That's way starting a lineup. Uh, I, I think you can work. Like, they needed Jordan Poole to come off the bench and uh, lead the second team when Steph wasn't playing, give him scoring, or when Steph was out, you know, handle the load offensively. So I think it'll be the same demands from uh, Chris Paul. Maybe he'll do it differently, but he's still a really good player. But I, I do wonder what the fit is going to be like if and when they have to play them together, especially late in games, because he's not the shooter that Jordan Poole is. And, you know, he obviously demands to have, he needs to have the ball in his hands to be the best player that he is. So, you know, you maybe pitch it to him if you're Steve Kerr to say, look, we want to sort of, we, we, we want to load manage you. Like want to elongate your career. That's right. We want to give you a long career by putting you in this nice hammock here. So let us help you. Like there's that way of like, you know, getting him to do what you want him to do by saying it's good for him. Maybe that's the approach. Yeah. But the, I mean, the Warriors, they need him to play. They need to win regular season games too. They do. They Like they, you know, they, they only won 40, like three ish games in the regular season this past season. Right. That's why they were a six seed. They, you know, it helped. They're not at that point anymore where they can just kind of turn it on when they want to, to get in the playoffs that they, they couldn't do that this past year. So they still have to win some regular season games. So they can't just, um, you know, put them in a, in a room somewhere and just get them ready and healthy for the playoffs alone. And, and I'll say, like, Sacramento is not going anywhere. That team is going to be great. They're young and good, quick. and they're quick, and they just they, – they sort of impose their will on you. They 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 t- The pace of play is their pace, and they impose on you. And then, oh, yeah, Denver's not going anywhere. Yeah, how is Denver feeling right now? I mean, when they were on the podium, they're like, we're not satisfied with this. I think Denver's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Nikola Jokic once he got back home to Serbia. I don't know if he's been following what's going on. He might just show up at training camp so in what? September. Let him do it. Like, oh yeah, did you hear what the Warriors did, or did you hear what Phoenix did? And he doesn't you know care. that that'll be the first time he hears of everything. He doesn't care because who can who can check him? Like you can't check him with a regular center you can't check him with an undersized guy who is it's like bam couldn't check him he's a matchup problem for every single opportunity every single type i mean that's why i was dying to see him play joel Embiid. that to me would have been a matchup that would have been really fun to watch if a healthy joel Embiid versus nikola Jokic, that it to me is a dream nba power versus finesse yeah yeah, and that would have been fun. I, I thought the Sixers, if they had beaten the Celtics, would have been the favorites to make the finals. Who knows if they would have, obviously, running into the Miami Heat juggernaut that we saw. But sure. um, that would have been like the dream final as of the second round. But, yeah, I agree with you. There's really no one in the NBA who can stop Jokic. That's why he's the best player going. Does Nick Nurse sort of change the math, change the dynamics, not the dynamics, but the mathematics for Philly to get over the hump there? I mean, they still need talent. They still need someone who can uh, create and someone who can lead the offense aside from Joel Embiid. That was their downfall against yeah. the Celtics too, right? It was James Harden kind of cratered in the last few games of that series. Right. Tyrese Matthew wasn't quite ready yet. And so as good as, as good as Nick Nurse is as a coach, can he solve that problem? That seems like more of a personnel issue than anything else. And so they might have to grab somebody. Uh, lastly, there was obviously with the summer league in Vegas and every single sports team, we're now okay with like professional teams being in Vegas. They're going to get an NBA team. And there's some talk about Seattle getting an NBA team. How soon do you think this is getting an, back an NBA team? How soon do you think this is going to happen? Or do you see this happening? I think ultimately it'll happen. Adam Silver did nothing to really dispel expansion coming. I, I thought, what he said earlier this week was probably the furthest he's gone yeah. to making me think that expansion is somewhere down the road. He didn't say it outright, but you know, he's kind of Hinting pointing at to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the, it's, it's the third part of their three act checklist with right. the CBA, the media rights deal, and then turning to expansion and talking about that. So I, it, even if it does happen, I don't think we hear about you know them naming teams or cities or whatever ownership groups anywhere before 2025 you know they have to finish off their media rights deal and 
the exclusive negotiating window with ESPN and with Turner ends next April, and then you have to have time to talk to the other, you know, potential partners. So that's already summer 2024, and then you need time to find ownership groups and do your viability studies and all that. Although I'm sure that these things are kind of lurking in the background anyway. So I'd be surprised if there's anything at all before you know 2025 in terms of just looking at teams and naming teams, and then from there on. Uh, you know, it takes a few years to Couple get the years. teams up and running uh, and onto the court. Yes, but you also have to think about conference realignment at that point because those are two Western teams. You're not going to put one of the Vegas is not going to go in the East. So you either have to what? get two teams expand on the East side or we're going to have to move somebody over. Let's just get rid of conferences. The WNBA did it. Why not? Someone else said Someone that yesterday. Yeah, that's not that, a bad that, call. That actually might be the call at that point. And just have the best teams play each other. Uh, that would be it. That would be I amazing. Would love that. No longer is one conference going to squeak through and just be like, "You're lucky to be in the East. You'd be nothing in the West." I mean, that <laughs> right? You're just we playing get that the, all the time. The best play the best. I'm just saying the WNBA had the Commissioner's Cup, and now the NBA has the in-season tournament. The WNBA yeah. went to uh, conferenceless, conferenceless uh, playoff seating. Yeah. We'll see what the NBA does if one expansion. Happens. They're nimble. They're willing to change. And the December Final Four. December Final Four. Who's we'll up see, for it? We'll see what happens and if that generates excitement at all. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I think the NBA is in one of the best shapes out of any of the major sports right now with just the level of talent and the stars that it has procured. I mean, we didn't even talk Giannis. We didn't even talk Milwaukee. And, like, you know, we, we, we mentioned all these great players, and Giannis is maybe one of the best, if not the best of all. So... Exciting stuff. Mike, thank you so much. Appreciate you being on the show. Anytime, guys. Thank you for having me. There you go. Mike Bornikoff of the Athletic. I love the NBA talk. It's it's exciting. It's keeping me alive in the summertime, the summer league. Summer league. And speaking of summer league, on the other side of this break, we're going deep into the Wemby-Britney Spears battle. Yeah, it is a battle. and thank The God. low post battle. She's trying to get in there. She's trying to get on the block. She's trying to get position. She's trying to get her position, and I don't know if it's a good one. Uh, guys, oh, William Onyabor, appreciate you. Man can do things with keyboards that others cannot. Mm-hmm. Andy LaFada at Hero Plenty. Uh, at Sklar Brothers Summer League makes me feel, feel fine. fine. Sincerely, Seals and Croft. Hashtag Sloan. Hashtag Henderson. Uh, guys, if you're in LA, come see us. We're at the uh, we're doing a show at the Comedy Store on the 19th in the Belly Room. It's a show called Tag It. It's what happens in green rooms and back hallways everywhere. Uh, comedians go on stage, they do their sets. Jay and I are off to the side writing pitches for jokes that we then come on stage after their sets and pitch them the tags. To incorporate into their comedy. It's so much fun. That's happening on the 19th, 8 p.m. in the Belly Room. Uh, and then uh, we'll be in San Francisco at the Great Cobbs Comedy Club on the 21st and 22nd. Then you can see us uh, doing our own show at the Dynasty Typewriter, the Hayworth Theater. It's a two-man show. Very excited about it. Called Twin Dads. You guys uh, come check that out. Dynasty Typewriter. Supersclose.com for all that stuff. Let's get into this, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Britney Spears is upset. You hear that, everyone? You hear that, Timberlake? She's talking to all of y'all. Especially Wemby. She's talking right. She's looking right up. I Seven saw the, foot four inches high. So I saw the security video sure. and the video of it from the Vegas casino. I've seen every angle. I've seen it slowed down. So Britney Spears runs up on Wembenyama. Just runs, runs up, up on, on him, him like a crazy white trash ant. And just gets, reaches for him. Now, Wemby said she grabbed him around the thing. No, no, she didn't grab She reached Wemby up around. to tap him reached on the shoulder. Reached up to tap him. And a security guy for Weminyama smacked her hand away and backhand her in the face and and knocked her sunglasses off. It was enough. It was enough that people around gasped. Where's the guy who was crying for to free Britney Spears? That guy. I want his take on it. So people around were like, "You're lucky she even performed for you, bastard!" Right? Right? Leave Britney alone. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Wemby security detail. You know who you can thank for this? You know who you can thank for this? The guy that stabbed Monica Seles. That's All right. right. You got to be protective. Protective is... Anyone running up on my back, I want my security to smack him. Can I just say this? What if she's just... I don't know how much she's had to drink. I don't. 
She was probably holding like a what a Boda bag full of alcohol. She was probably from a hold, barn no, dance. She was probably holding one a of those tall, tall plastic with from a the huge pool straw. It's, it's like, like a pina colada where the top has separated from the bottom, and it's like foam on the it. top. She was and at it's a, juice she, on the bottom. She was at a wave pool earlier trying to surf. She probably pees in the pool at a at a swim up bar. That's who she is. So, listen. Someone yelled out, hey, that's Britney Spears after she gets up. Let me just categorically say you cannot slap a woman, period. She does not deserve this treatment. She does not. However, what if she gets up there and she's in flip-flops or God knows what, cowboy boots, and she steps on his Achilles heel because she's not – and ruptures his Achilles tendon. The entire city Ah! of San Antonio will come after her and try and smack her. Yes. The admiral. David why? Robinson. Why? Wemby in a like just right, dude. The admiral, the admiral. David would be Robinson, putting a one hit of the on nicest her. guys we've ever met in our lives, would be like, get her out of here. Put a putting a hit on her. Tim Duncan would probably do nothing. He'd probably shake his head, but he would give a large sigh and shake his head. She ran up on Wemby like a lady trying to get a piece of the unicorn. You don't do that. Like, it, that was the thing. It was the... He doesn't know who you are, okay? Even if you say, I'm Britney Spears, he still might not know. First of all, why do you care if Wemby knows that you're congratulating him? You haven't put out a new piece of music in a decade, okay? At least. He this listen, dude, this he dude listens to Baby Tron and Lil Uzi Vert. He does He not, don't know you. That's right. He's not going to turn around and be like, oh my God, I love Toxic. Thanks for stopping me it going to the restaurant that you're also going to. It'd be like Shania Twain running up on Zion Zion Williamson like four years ago. And they yes, he would be going to a buffet. An all-you-can-eat buffet. So his security detail, who gets paid to protect him, and this is what he said in an interview, my security detail said don't stop for anyone because if you stop for someone, then you will be mobbed. A huge mob, and we won't be able to go forward. We're just trying to get you. So don't stop for anyone. So he listens to his security detail. She runs up on him like Morgana the Kissing Bandit. Right? She's like even more unhinged Morgana. But that's their job. Look, don't slap a woman, okay? You can knock her hand down. What you can do as a security person, and this is the problem, the security guy should have stepped in front and said, Hey, hey, hey. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, old lady. He's going in there. But it's a a bad look for everyone. It's as bad as you running after a 19-year-old 7'4 beanpole of a pro player whose ego is so fragile that he had to shut down in the summer league. You look thirsty, Brit. Don't do it. Now he wants. she wants an apology. You're not going to get one. You want an apology? By the way, his security detail did go over and apologize to her at the restaurant. That's not enough from her. She want, This is what bothers me. She wants Wemby to say, I'm sorry my security detail did it to you. He's not going to do that. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to do that. And he doesn't have to necessarily do that. He's worried about so much other stuff. Wemby, welcome to America. Get ready for Christina Aguilera to try and track you down at baggage claim at LAX. Or or Jessica Simpson to throw groceries at you at Whole Foods. She's going to throw grapes at you at Whole Foods. You're in it. This This is is what what it means. This is what it means to be a generational talent in the NBA. Off the rails, early aughts pop stars are going to come at you. Just hunt you down for that clout pick. You know what I mean? Are we shocked that this happened at the RBC? At the golf, like on the final hole, Nick Taylor hits a 72-foot putt. His teammate, a PGA golfer, tries to come up on him and spray champagne. That dude gets tackled. Tackled. That's his teammate. Know who you secu- This is where you have to say to your security detail. Understand who everybody is. Like to his to Victor Webinyama, start listening to two th- early 2000s pop and get to know these people. Because <laughs> they're coming. They're coming for you, Wemby. The problem was Britney went up to Victor himself herself. What Britney Spears, if you really want to talk to him, 
Have yeah, your security person talk to their security person and say, hey, hey Britney Miss Spears, Spears. Miss Spears is over here. And let that person say, multi-platinum recording artist and woman who drove with a baby in her lap to Starbucks is would standing like to right come over up here. and say hi to you. Yes, she has hair now and would like to come up and say hi to you. Britney released this video demanding an apology. According to TMZ, she said, I've been with the most famous people in the world. You got to see this video because it is like crazy. Unhinged. Unhinged. Tells me that there's no one in her life who says, you know what, Brittany, do not post this. You don't need to. In sync at one time, she said, she's out of breath when she's saying it. Yeah, it's she's crazy. like all raspy. It's Girls are like literally throw themselves at him on my way to this place. Actually, I was knocked down by three 12 year olds. You were knocked down by three 12 year olds? Then your security's not doing the right thing. Yeah. She said, my security, not one of them touched them or even came near them. Why didn't your security They should have touched them. You got knocked down by three 12-year-olds? 12-year-olds, they're middle schoolers, they're seventh graders, they're I have a 16-year-old. She barely knows who Britney Spears is. Point being, she continued, I didn't appreciate people saying I deserved to be hit. We're saying you didn't deserve to be hit. But you also need to be smarter about what you're doing. Know your audience. Know who you are. Know where you are in this history. Know the room. Know that you're in Vegas. Read the room. Don't run up on a guy who's got seven other dudes around him. Like, I know that. How do you... I would never try and... That's just a dumb thing. She So she's saying she hit the ground. Mm -hmm. This is her in the video. Mm -hmm. I was smacked. I hit the ground. My friend had to pick me up. No, the video, we saw the video. Your you glasses get knocked off and then you, you maybe went down to pick up your glasses. You didn't, maybe your friend picked up your glasses. Are you now confusing yourself with your sunglasses? I, this is what I think. I want to jump to this because I think, because we got Brandy Chastain hopefully in the next segment. I just want to say, I think she needs to start dating Rodman. I think that's the only answer here. Or Meta World Peace. Get that guy in your group and let him run up and talk to Wemby. No one's going to question that. How great would that be? Just Rodman, just throwing bows. Listen, man. Hey, just throwing bows. Kim Jong-un sent me over here. No, he did not send you over here. Come on, man. Send, follow Wemby. <laughs> follow Wemby and send him a DM. Follow him. Don't follow him, but that, follow him. Don't follow him. You know what him. I'm saying? Don't follow him in life, but follow, follow him, him online. On, follow him on threads. I bet Wemby's on threads. We're up on threads. Follow us on threads. Let's take a break. I want to talk to Brandy Chastain. We got to get her on the line. If it's even possible, I'll run up behind her and tap her on the shoulder. Is that a good idea, Britt? That great call on the music, Albie. Let's do a uh, sports update. Marco Belletti, our buddy. Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio. This is getting toxic up in here. Good night now. 